Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Four times a week for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly, another episode. Isn't this exciting for both of us? Or all three of us, if you're listening to this in a group, which is something I rarely picture happening with a podcast. But I suppose if you're in a car or in some sort of setting where it's late at night and someone has drugs and you want the drugs and they say, yeah, I'll give them to you, but we got to listen to this podcast first. Then you'll sit and you'll listen to a podcast together. So if you're listening to this in multiples, hi, everybody. Anyway, I'm Nick. This is Nick Flanagan Weekly, your four times a week podcast adventure. Thank you for listening. Uh, The winter holidays are officially over. It's almost the end of January, and I'm finally feeling a little less cobwebs in the old brain stem. Starting a bunch of groups again. Dreaming of more work. Or just dreaming of doing this as much as I'm doing it. Honestly, this project is fun, and I don't mind that it's taking up so much of my time as well as retro gaming is also taking up my time. But tonight is going to be special as I am going to go to bed early and only play video games for the next hour or so. And then I'm going to go into my bed and try to get up eight hours from now. Because I'm telling you, I played games last night till far too late. Uh... Another thing, if you are taking ADHD medication, don't take it too late in the day. That's all I can say. You might wind up up it for 12 more hours and saying hi to your uh, father as he gets up to uh, go to the restroom at 6 a.m. Or not, if you don't live with your father, which in fact I don't. Look, we have a great episode for you tonight, today. It's uh, Pat Bircher is my guest. We talked right before I went to New York. In fact, it was the day I left to go. I said, Pat, we got to do this. Because I've been dying to have him on the podcast. He's just one of my favorite guys to talk to. He's hysterical. I really think he is a world-class, hilarious comedian, currently residing in Toronto. He's lived in the UK. Uh, He recently did very well at the Just for Laughs homegrown competition, whatever. I don't even know if it was a competition this year. It's always complicated what that is. The point is... Pat has such a unique and original voice, and I, I, we don't talk about our histories particularly on this. We just kind of groove uh, on our own opinions. So, you know, be sure to check out more of Pat, patbircher.com. Find him on Twitter. He's got his shows. There's clips on the YouTubes. And, yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, please uh, consider telling a friend, sharing the good word, and maybe becoming a member on Patreon. The link is in the show notes, and so are some links to Pat's stuff. So, without any further ado, here is my interview with Pat Barcher. The tappers of society are, and people that, they're just selfish. (laughs) It's a very selfish move to tap. To tap? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, I was singing along with karaoke and people got pissed. I get it. I guess. In some social circles, I was in the wrong, yeah. But, what are you going to do? You know? 
The, you're gonna hear it when you put it on the table. Oh, you got like mine's like wood on thing. I need I need a dampener. I need a dampener for my my beverages. Bevy damps. Bevy damps. There's a bevy damp. Hello, Pat. Hey. Pat Bircher, everyone. Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I'm talking to Pat Bircher. Flanagan Weekly. Yeah, why did I give it a name with my name in it? I don't know. Why? Because you wanted people to be reminded of who's yeah. who's the boss. Insecurity, I think. But the, I guess you didn't want to be in the who's the boss scenario. Is it Angela or is it Tony? Angela. Angela. I kind of do like that aspect where people are listening and they're like, who's the boss? Yeah, maybe you should rename this podcast who's the boss i like that because yeah. then when people try to listen sponsor to them, and then it's sponsored by tony danza and then everyone knows who the boss is you know tony's sponsoring it so is it because he's the boss or he wants people to think he's the boss oh yeah that's true it's is, is nick the boss or is tony the boss yeah and then, then judith light i would love it if every single business venture that tony danza got in everyone was like who's the boss <laughs> like yeah that'd be great they're like waiting for the end of his talk show and they're like i wonder if this will be executive produced by Tony Danza." <laughs> whatever it is no one ever is clear on who's the boss it's like this <laughs> sort of a curse or hex that's been placed on him by someone of somewhere in his past what about who's the box that that's a bit different in um every way yeah it's, it's, it's i don't understand like boxes and you're like are you just saying who's the vessel <laughs> where what are you define box well, define boss a, a box <laughs> is like four corners that your actually boss it's more than it's actually in. more than four corners how many corners are we talking in a box? well if it's a box then it's eight I if see. you're inside a box, there's eight corners. There's two outside. There's and the four two walls yeah. and a ceiling and a floor. And then the corners are on each corner, right. <laughs> which is eight. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm not a math guy. Like, there, it depends on how you define a corner, too. Are we just saying it's the place where two walls meet? Because then you can define is, is the where the... Floor and the wall mean? Is that also a corner? Well, that's like what what's I was thinking? Or is it where three points meet? You know? So that's the thing. Once you start defining things, it gets a little more confusing and less confusing at the same time. What's your favorite constellation? I don't know enough to pick. Milky Way. Uh, I don't know because I, that's like the, the out of the ones I know, I don't even know. Like, I I feel like I should know more. It's the goddamn light pollution. You don't see the stars. You don't know what's what. Yeah, you've been It's like asking me who my favorite cousin is. I don't see my cousins enough to know. They all live in Europe. I like my cousins. No, I like my cousins too, but I don't know which one's my favorite. I couldn't pick a favorite. Well, maybe I'd be in the same shoes as you if I, if I hung out with them enough, but I can't even, I can't even get into that. Pat, in many ways, we are in the same shoes. That's why life's so uncomfortable. Because everyone's wearing the same shoes. Everyone's wearing the same goddamn shoes. I'm uh, happy to have you here. I I was happy. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Bad. No, I'm a happy man. I'm trying to be a happy man. I think that's all anyone should try to be is a happy man. Yeah, even women <laughs> because yeah. of the equality. Women, thing. children. Yeah. Anyone. I if I was a happy man when I was a child, I'd be a happier man now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that's a, a good point. I was yeah. happy for a lot of points in my childhood, and then there would be these sort of, uh, it would hit the red, you know, it would peak in terms of the sadness at times, you know? Yeah, but I feel like you should be happiest when you're a child. But then it's, the thing is, that's that changes throughout life is the way your brain works. Yeah. So you don't even have the ability, supposedly, from what they know now, which is funny because I think the thing that we also always have to keep in mind is that in the future, everyone's going to think we're the dumbasses. Like now we think everyone in the past is dumb. They're like, they didn't know this about the brain. But in the future, they're going to be the same way, right? Like everything, there's going to be newer science, newer findings, and they're all based on older things. And the old things are going to be considered dumb, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's just like, man, that's why I think we should all just be silly, I agree with you. Like, all you need in life is uh, some food, some sleep, shelter, you know, and good times. Did like you get what's, sleep I, I feel like I didn't. Yeah. I, I haven't really felt like I've been getting enough sleep this week. I, I personally never... I, I always feel a bit groggy in the morning, and uh-huh. then around 5, I take a nap yeah, that's for like good. 15 minutes. And then I feel sharp for the rest of the night. When did that ha- start happening for you? That you would uh, take this nap? Probably as an infant. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever stopped napping. I think I've always napped. Do you still do it post-breastfeeding? Um, I wish. Yeah. But that's not the case. At the moment, I'm single. Well, you could... But I don't even know if I'm ready to mingle. See, that's the thing. I feel like this time I'm I, I wanna I wanna get my life in order. Remove and the I rib. F- Self breastfeed. No, I'm not worried about the breastfeeding portion. Okay, I thought that was the main uh, need. No, the, the main show. need is to to but sort that of more about me. Than you. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you think everyone should breastfeed, <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, man, just take a nap. Shouldn't you call it breast that, drink? No, no, because I think they call it breastfeeding because you're actually getting, uh, like, feed. Is there solid stuff that comes out? No, but all the nutrients you need as a baby are in there. That's amazing. Yeah. Pretty good. So, maybe to stay happy. It's like they're Soylent. You know that drink, Soylent? Yes. Yeah. I've never had it. But you know Soylent Green, how they made the stuff out of the people. It's yeah. funny because breast milk is kind of like Soylent Green because it's made out of people. Yeah. It's, it's made, made from a person. It's made from people. Yeah. It's not the same. You're eating, you're eating something. It's just milk. Uh, how long did you breastfeed? Do you know you're supposed to um, pasteurize breast milk? <laughs> Unpasteurized a lot. breast milk is illegal. In yeah, some yeah. Places. No, how long did I breastfeed? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember breastfeeding. Um, actually, I remember this one time when I was a child that my sister was breastfeeding. Mm, that sounds like a weird moment. Yeah. Um. So how did you know? But I don't. I don't remember. I remember seeing other other kids breastfeed. Well beyond the years of breastfeeding. I'm just kidding. No, but I just, I don't, I just remember, I don't remember breastfeeding myself. Yeah, I don't remember breastfeeding either. Yeah, so I don't think I, yeah, but I think, (laughs) yeah, but I think um, that, yeah, I just don't remember it. I'm trying to remember it. 
and I don't. I don't know if that's because of trauma or uh, what. I don't think it would be traumatic. Maybe I there's don't know. like a 23 in me for like knowing how long you breastfed for where you like swab your mouth and they're like, oh, you breastfed till age nine. Maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like that. Um, I don't know. That's a weird question. Yes. Because it's not Absolutely. something. It's not something like, you know, like I try to go because my mom lives um, north of the city, you know, and I, I go there. I try to visit every at least every other week, oh, you know, that's great. so but I don't think in the short time I spend there, I don't know if I want one of the questions to be like, hey, ma. How long did I breastfeed for? I've never asked my mother that, and I see her I, every day. I know you sent me a questionnaire, <laughs> and you asked me to get these questions. I, but I refuse to ask my mother how long I breastfed for. Well, why don't we get her on the phone right now? Well, like, yeah. Imagine this is just morning radio. Yeah, like, and then you just get mom on the phone, ask her how, how long you breastfed for. Hey, Pat's mom. We're just wondering. I, I got Pat Bircher here, and uh, we're wondering uh, just like how long did did he breastfeed for? Because he's got milk around his mouth right now. <laughs> yeah, I hope the rest of this podcast is all about me trying to remember the last time I breastfed. <laughs> it could be. We are on a time limit today, so uh, you know it, it might just wind up. What is the time of- limit? I got another thirty minutes. Whoa! Why is why is this? Oh, because you got to go. You're going to the yeah. Big Apple. Yeah, and we were hanging out. I was actually sorry. Well, yeah. we were just hanging out earlier. We met up, and we were both kind mm. of uh, a little late, and and then we we both needed some time to kind of get right. I think too. I'm still not, but um, well, you're doing pretty good for someone oh, who's not thanks. right. But this is the thing that I think. Mm-hmm. Now, we we live in a city, and you're going to a city. Mm-hmm. That the rent is just insane. The rent is too damn high. So what I say is all the culture within these two places, within all the places, should just move to more like affordable housing. So not don't fight for affordable housing. Don't be like, oh, New York should have rent and everybody's like, oh, gentrification. Let's just go fuck you and move to Detroit or something, you know? Let's just move to cheaper places. We make the city. Like the cool stuff in the city makes the city. Is the city doesn't make the city. It's the people in the city. So if you have all these cool artists, you have all these great like um, chefs, and you have all these like you know <laughs> oh, cool. That's funny. Uh, you know Picturing what I mean? These great chefs. No, but they're... if you have all this culture, and then just move and go fuck you. You're making me pay three thousand a month in rent. You can suck my fucking left nut. Well, I would say that I could, but I shan't. And uh, nut wise, but yeah, but in in America and most likely in, in Europe, there is an element of that. You know, there is an element of if you remember way, 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 way back when uh, in in two thousand three. I I I went. That was when I first went to like Austin and, and and Portland. It might have even yeah. It was 2003, and I was like, wow, these cities are so cool, and they're small, right. and they're probably affordable, and there's a tight knit scene. And those were the cities I would say in America that wound up defining um, a lot of urban culture in larger cities. You know, later on, perhaps. But the thing with those cities from what I understand, is they'll have these booms, right? Like Seattle will have like a boom or Portland. And then eventually the artists go to New York or L.A. From what I do know about past movements and stuff like that, like if you want to make a difference politically 
in any way, shape, or form. There has to be unity between the between the different sects. U N I T Y. Yeah, but like it doesn't matter what you're, because we all pretty much want the same things and need the same things. Yeah. Right. And some people have more, and some people have less, and it's just like, um, I think that the whole thing is that. Whether it's done on purpose or whether it's not, this fracturing of different groups is an issue. And it's like to feel like my group's this group and we're doing this and this is what we need, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's it should be us versus them and the us should be the civilians and them is the government. <laughs> but not in a way of like, let's bring them down, but in a way of like bending their ear and being like, okay, this is how this is going to work. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, you guess, know? I guess what it becomes though is upper class people, so to speak, you know, um, in a in a way... Uh, are the government too, you know? But that's because they have the government's ear. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but... The, and so they'll, but also, that they'll also be on the them side in terms of trying to maintain right, a status quo that but, may or may not be bad for the rest of the people. I, that's the, in, that's I, a very broad, generalizing thing Yeah, but the, the issue became that's what a like bigger issue was thing. during the whole... I think it's... Friedman economic model where they practice it in South America first and I may have been totally misled on this but um, you know Naomi Klein Naomi Klein wrote that book the fear doctrine yes is that what it's called the fear doctrine I believe and um, what it talks about is how basically what created the wealth gap what did and it was um, did the thigh gap create no the, the Friedman system of economics the whole trickle down bullshit but yeah. even within his system he said you shouldn't like he had limits that they blew out so yeah. he's like you shouldn't privatize things every everybody needs like there should be public access to health and education and stuff like that but you privatize sort of like the um uh, what what would the word be where um it's like shit you don't need like yeah. you know like if you, you want luxury luxury yeah. that's it you privatize luxury and i think that's what that should, sense, what it yeah. should be is that the stuff if Say everyone gets a living wage and it's like, oh, you want to own a Bugatti? You got to get a job. But if you don't, here's your fucking Tesla. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Tesla's a good car. No, I know. But they're making a more affordable version. And oh, it's cool. just like, why? Like, see, because if I was a dictator, right, I would well, give. So you are. Eh. In your own life. Yeah, but not there's the I only rule over rats. <laughs> not even they don't even listen to me. No, but I would give every I, I, I if I was come. a dictator, I'd be like, "Yo, here you go, assholes. Everyone gets a living wage. Everyone has a house. Everyone has food. Everything's localized. We got indoor farming on everybody's house. You got um, localized algae farms that get turned into gasoline, and they also harvest." carbon dioxide out of the air everything's sustainable and it's like if you step out of line like what i've done is i've turned what the the world had this thing and it's beautiful it's a circle of life and then the the humans turned it into a plank of death and um 
uh, fortune, you know? Right. And I have turned it back into the circle of life. And if you step out of line, I'm just going to shoot you in a town square and then push you into a uh, bucket full of mushrooms that will eat you and turn you back into compost that we'll use to grow the fruits of our labor that you were getting in the way of. But what if they turn into a compost monster that has revenge? That will not happen. Well, but that's my other thing about this about a, a compost monster. I feel like all the sort of political figures that are getting into office that are more right wing and fascist are mud monsters, and they get in there starting mud fights, and then the people that are trying to keep them out of office are like, oh, this is how we fight now, with mud. But you can't beat a mud monster with mud. All you do is make them more, more mud. mud. You make them bigger. The only way to defeat a mud monster is with sunshine. Dry them up, turn them into dust. Basically, so you got to fight them like the Care Bears, man, with the fucking light of your heart. People, people got to wake up. You just made me realize a perfect analogy for the era we live in. Do you remember Woodstock 2000? <laughs> when the, everybody was bad? I, like Limp Biscuit was headlining Woodstock. And, yeah, what about and it? There were like, there was a thing where there was this, these mud pits, and people were like taking off all their clothes. Yeah, they, and like that's what they were. Pits but and, in the in the original Woodstock, they were having fun in the mud pits. But it was a different vibe at Woodstock 2000, and we're in Woodstock 2000. Yeah, and it's probably pits. because of the drugs they were doing there. Yes, the more I think. aggressive drugs. But don't forget the brown acid that was there. Yeah, but who knows who brought the brown acid? I bet you the brown acid in the CIA teen terms maybe were uh, cool idiot Americans. What are you talking about? The CIA brought it. That's oh, is that what the acronym means? Well, I think in in the context of those who brought it to okay Woodstock, but Woodstock two thousand. Okay, this analogy is too long to be a good, perfect analogy, to be honest. <laughs> Any analogy that's longer than 10 seconds sucks. <laughs> Nothing is perfect. Nothing is perfect. There, is that the analogy? Yes. I mean, by your standards, that's yeah. the analogy. I can't believe, who's the boss right now? Who's the boss? Yeah, N- neither like, of us. There is no boss. But look, I'm going to tell you. The, that the might, boss is entropy. What does entropy mean again? Is that, is that a de- decomposition? Well, I don't know. <laughs> that's a short analogy. Yeah, all I know is it's the boss. Um, that's like if you work somewhere and they're like, who's the boss? And I tell you. And then you're like, oh, tell me more about it. I'm just like, I don't know. I just, all I know is he's the boss. His picture's everywhere. He owns the fucking factory. He owns the land. He owns everything. He he's the factories. one that. No, no, I don't remember. Oh, I may answer. have. I worked in a warehouse once. That's close. Yeah, I've worked in a warehouse. I've I've done all sorts of weird ass jobs. What man. were your jobs? Um, you want me to go? I I mowed lawns and I also uh, like did a bunch of videos editing and shooting and um, I've um, fixed. Oh, what are those things? Backup generators. I dressed up as a tooth. I delivered flyers for a dentist. Talk about the tooth for a second. Well, it was involved with the flyers for dentists. Yeah, so I started at the bottom. I was flyering just regular through post boxes. This is when I lived in London for a dentist Uh, to 
to um, drive up uh, business, to bring in some business, because there they have something that's called the NHS, which is the National Health, Health Service, Service, right? And their dentals covered which, uh, in part or full, depending on what kind of dental you're after. Uh-huh. So um, what there's this big misnomer that all dentists because dentists will have nhs patients and private patients right so there's a myth that there's a waiting list for nhs patients Mm -hmm. which wasn't true Mm -hmm. so the dentist i worked for was like he he's like i'm gonna fly your people and everyone thought he was in a nut they're like huh and they give you basically you get the contract based on how many nhs um NHS uh, patients you bring in, right? right? So you go, say you have a contract for twenty a month, mm-hmm. but then you're you're getting thirty a month. They'll bump it up, yeah. You know, so you're fine. But then there's only so many within your area, so you could garnish mm-hmm. all of them within your area. Yeah. So he became the most successful dentist in the area, and then he f- flipped it and sold it. And I haven't heard from him since. I think it was a con. So did you make him money, and then? Yeah, but he paid me. And he brought me to Dubai. He brought you to Dubai. What's Dubai? <laughs> to visit another. I was only there for like uh, less than forty-eight hours, thirty-six hours. Have you done comedy in Dubai? I should mention I that have Pat not. is a stand-up. I'm a stand-up yeah. guy. <laughs> You're a stand-up guy, and you do stand-up comedy. You did it in London. I've done it in a bunch of places. Done it you all know, over the world. Australia, Australia, Asia, what, North what was America. It like? Where in Asia? Um, Southeast Asia, like Kuala Lumpur, uh, Singapore, Vietnam, um, and a couple other spots. Myanmar, not necessarily. Depends where you were. I guess some of those places are very English speaking. Like Singapore, is that an English English speaking country? It it is. And then that club had more locals than expats. That's cool. And I went to Pakistan, and it was mainly locals. That's very interesting to me. What what took you to Pakistan? How did you I met there? the guy in Singapore, and mm-hmm. he flew me out to Pakistan to do gigs there. And um, in Karachi, what's Karachi like? It's very busy. Uh huh. And they did have a huge. They they had issues with the Taliban there, so there's a lot of like walls that. People put up around. They basically live in compounds now with armored guards. And Wild. yeah, but I think they've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. It's because they're a huge port city, right? So then, like the Taliban would use that the ports. Mm-hmm. But I think they really buckled down on it, or however you put it. <laughs> no, I think the term is buckled down. They yeah, took so the belt and they squeezed. But the it belt was more in northern Pakistan. The there was a lot of. Yeah, that, I I don't know that much about yeah, I know. it. To I, be I'm, honest, I'm really fascinated by all that. Sort that of girl that got shot in the Malala. face, Malala's yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah, she was from the in north, Karachi. which is supposed not no. Oh, Karachi's like the port city or whatever. It's like one of the major cities. I don't. Even, it might even be inland. It might just be on the way to the ports. Um, but like from what I understand, near the mountains is it's so beautiful out there. Yeah, but then they have all this these problems, but then I don't know how prevalent they are. It's like the same thing, like my mom thinks that Toronto's dangerous, right? Yeah. But if and you walk around South Africa's dangerous. Right. Which mm-hmm. but then I've talked to people from South Africa know, and they said dangerous, it's very dangerous. Yeah. But you know, I think it's a bit um 
sensationalized. Well, my, my opinion has always been, when I started traveling, I mean, I barely have been to these places that are, like, considered dangerous, but I've been to, you know, Colombia and, and uh, South Africa in terms of places that, that have a Cape Town. Right. Um, and it turns out Cape Town is actually one of the most violent cities in, in the world, which I, I was surprised by. I read a list of, of that, and it right. said that Cape Town was because... Cape Town is a very beautiful. Be- I don't okay. know. If you've been, have you been over there? No. Cape Town is, is is amazing. It's 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 like the L.A. style of of um, environment. Right, but it also depends on if it's random violence or if it's like gang mm-hmm. violence, because then you just don't want to get in between two opposing gangs. I think South Africa is a lot more theft that involves killing you know yeah but who are they stealing and killing from that's the thing like if it's from tourists that's one thing yeah you know but if it's like gang related that's another thing i mean it's also depends on who you're hanging out with because if you're hanging out in a dangerous place but you're hanging out with someone that people know shouldn't be fucked around with you're fine of course right but then also if there's a coup while you're there and they overthrow this person, you're in, you're fucked. So you're basically in this context. You're you're hanging out with essentially one of the. I'm not one of the. I was or drug lords. I don't or know, but I I was not in that situation. But I'm just saying, there's more than than it's dangerous. It's like cooking yeah. on a stove is dangerous because there's a hot plate there. But if you don't put your hand on it, you're fine. Right, and if you have like, if you have a friggin' pan with a handle on it, you're fine. Have you ever if had you a wear handleless a, pan to deal yeah, with? Yeah, the, they're actually at my house. The handle fell off, and Fuck. we have a handleless pan. But all I'm saying is, it's like, sure, it can be dangerous, but it's like that's all people go on is they're sold it's dangerous, and then they they're like, okay, that's fine. They don't do any more research. Well, don't you love the the thing about traveling and having something to do there? Uh, in terms of doing a show or something, you know, participating in local culture in whatever sense. Uh, I always love hearing about the city from the people I'm I'm there with. You know, I, I love that I, about traveling, doing that, because people give you their perspective on it, and it's right. a totally different I, way of learning. My favorite part about it isn't hearing about it, but going to places with the people. So yeah, it's yeah, like, because that's part of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, care too much for stories about how somewhere is dangerous or it's not i i like to just go to the market or to where they eat or where they hang yeah. out and just experience it you know and, and then they always like, take you to the church uh, not necessarily i've <laughs> i don't think i i've been taken to many churches i think you may have been on some sort of conversion tour no, it was like a punk <laughs> tour and all the yeah. punk squatters were like let's go to the old church at the top of the town maybe that's their thing there's a very old clock yeah, that you've hung out with churchgoers or anti-churchgoers that still go to church. Do you know the phrase "no gods, no masters" is originally a libertarian phrase? Do you know that I don't really know that much about um, po- political nomenclature? <laughs> so when someone's like this guy's a libertarian or this person's a fascist, I don't really know what that means, and I don't care to find out all i care is if you're an asshole or not right well that could wind up meaning some a lot of different things you could wind it, up in yeah some you can british high-end maybe yeah no i doubt it because i feel so like nice. i feel like people that 
want to get rid of any group of people or assholes. It's about creating a community and being inclusive in the way you get rid of any sort of prejudice and um, anything is through exposure. So to exclude people is not a good idea. But because the the reality of the situation is that most people that are afraid of a group of people haven't actually spent time, haven't broken bread with these people, haven't drank wine with these people. So if you actually just spend some time and actually hang out with cultures that you're afraid of, you find out that they're afraid of the same things and they love the same things and there's great food and art and culture there and you're just a fucking close-minded moron that listen to the media do you want to do a show and tell now okay (laughs) after my rant just go hang out (laughs) hang out with people it's beautiful they'll show you some really nice things you'll taste some new food so i'm gonna hand you some things and we can talk about it okay um the dark crystal it's a VHS copy of the Dark Crystal. Was this um, Jim Henson? Yes. I believe I've seen this as a child. I have not watched it since then. It's exactly um, what you love. Yeah. Yeah, because the a source. Oh, can the Dark Crystal is a masterful live action fantasy starring some of Jim Henson's most imaginative creatures ever. Directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz and produced by Gary Kutz, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, The Dark Crystal brilliantly weaves a timeless myth of good and evil. In another time, The Dark Crystal, a source of balance and truth in the universe, was shattered, divided in the world into two factions, the wicked Skexes and the peaceful mystics. Now, as a convergence of the three suns approaches the crystal must be healed or darkness will reign forevermore it's up to jen the last of his race to fulfill the prophecy that gelfling will return the missing shard of the crystal and destroy the shexi's evil empire but will young jen's courage be any match for the unknown dangers that await him i hate this already no it's so good no but i hate the idea of one person waiting on one person i feel like that's a myth that's been handed to us so none of us do anything you know what is the myth? waiting for jesus waiting for whoever the fuck they're waiting for no, here superman no, no. spider-man it's all this one thing the concept wonder of woman this, the concept of this story is actually not so much one person needing to save the world it's actually about trying to make sure that these ancient gelflings this beautiful uh-huh. That they actually get to the on their journey, that their journey is right. is protected, and they wind up. Can okay. I spoiler alert this for you? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was finger. I was fingering. Oh, you turned me. <laughs> I was busy fingering my pee hole. Oh no, right. I'm were kidding. So what's my... this you were saying? Essentially, this story is about two becoming one, and. And the, 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 these, yeah, these, that, it's about right. the, the Spice Girls. Yeah, okay. The Spice Girls and eventually reuniting. Right, right. Yeah. And then what happens? It's, how is it not about waiting for one person? Because or it's not, one? Could this have happened if Jen's Jen yes. didn't 
yeah. wasn't there? Would it's someone else have done it? Else. it? It's like if you ever saw the Black Cauldron or you read those like Chronicles of Pridane's books in the 1980s, which you may not have, which are about a guy who finds this magic pig and like takes the pig to see the prince and he's the assistant pig keeper. And it's about how someone who is an assistant pig keeper is actually able to help save the world, you know, and it's a good story. This is more along those lines that, that you know, if you do your part, you can guide two warring factions to actually almost merge with each other to create a bliss on earth. It's actually an incredible message, you know, I think. Okay. And, and it's about turning a dark crystal light, you know? It's about turning darkness into light, you know? Which right. is Jesus because that's water into wine. Or is it because wine, you can't live on wine alone, you can live on water. So why would you want to turn the water into wine? Yeah, why is he turning water into wine? Why is he walking on it? Why doesn't he drink it? He never drank the water. <laughs> did he, he always did. Did he even want to live? So did, is it that he turned the did water Did he have the worst the breath because he's <laughs> never friggin'... He was always parched? <laughs> What's this? Does it say Hive? Yeah, it's a magazine called Hive. Art, music, fashion, arcade fire, broken social scene, wolves. It's... It's from the early, early 2004 yeah. is around the time I started comedy. So right now on the cover, I feel like the fashion on the cover, like this could be now. Yeah, we I kind feel of pause on a lot of things. Well, also rewind. I think people yeah. rewound a bit too. Like yeah, yeah. there's there's a lot of uh, renovation. I don't know. The going through here. If I didn't know when this was from... There was an article and I the, the artist Tony Romano. He's very talented. I feel like it doesn't look dated. I think I have that because I wrote an article in it. Okay. So what am I supposed to do with this? Just respond. I don't know what to do with this. This is what I always feel when I pick up a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my general magazine feel. Where do I start... Do you How do I end doctors? it? No, I feel like they're just hives of disease. <laughs> <laughs> like, and if I open them, I'm just getting a swarm of <laughs> disease bees in my face. Disease bees, knees. Yeah, exactly. And then I say that, and they're like, "Sir, can you please leave?" And then I say, "I'll never I say that to you, Pat." Yeah. Feel the Audubon. No, Audubon Society Field Guide to North America Insects and Spiders. That's pretty cool. Yeah, look at the pictures in there. They're awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, We've are had these, that book since I was a kid. So these pictures are all of these things in the wild, or are they staged, or a bit of both, do you think? <laughs> I think because, I feel, because I feel like some of it would be like, oh, this is actually, we have one in the back. Yeah, you know, like, uh, do you have a leaf? On the leaf? Do you have a leaf? <laughs> yeah, we have those in the back too. Look at the quality of these photos, though, they're so yeah, good. Yeah, whoever, but that's why. Is it like studio lighting, or they just knew how to use a flash? Is there makeup? Are these, it seems are these like creatures. Lacquered? But it seems like the light source is coming from the same place, so it's almost like the moon landing. I don't think this is real, <laughs> <laughs> but it is beautiful. 
Do you want to talk about it the is, moon landing for a second? No, I don't know enough about the moon landing to vote on either side of it. But all I know is it's incredible to see how... Ooh, there's a little fornication yeah, happening. That's why I think that these aren't staged. Because, you know, sometimes you'll find like these picture books and it'll just be like, Scorpion, and then in brackets, Carcass. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe some of them aren't. But also, it's... They might be staged. They might be there. There might be some sort of weird subreddit on an, like insect porn or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there is. Yeah, or it might not even be a subreddit. It might be a main Reddit. What was the name of that adult swim character? Grok was that his name? The I'm mantis? not sure. It was like a I, mantis. I don't recall. I don't know if I've seen that. So you All I know these are very that. vibrant, beautiful pictures. I know they're so addictive. And right? It's insane to think, like, look at all the patterns and how different they are, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, I thought you'd really get a kick out of this one. Yeah, I like that. I like just that all of these things have figured out how to live is incredible. And And none of them, you know, it's crazy. None of them have a job. No, they're like they don't collect a paycheck. They have a job. Yeah, very important. And it's ingrained role. They play a different, a very important role, and they probably, yeah. You know, they learn from their previous generation how to do what they're doing. It's in their DNA. Perhaps. That's a belief. There's also... I bet you if you if you just took one from when it was a larvae and it never got a chance to hang around an older one, it would lose some of something. Well, that's like domesticated. But did you ever have a spider? Were you one of those kinds of guys? No. Do you, so you, you like bugs. I'm not... You know what? I, I wouldn't say I like bugs. I like what they do, but I wouldn't want to hang out with them. What about a spider? No, do you know what? I don't like the idea of taking something out of the place that it wants to be and then hanging out with it. I feel like it's forcing them to be in my life and I, I can't provide them with what they need. Well, I also kind of think that the reverse of that is true. Like... You shrinking down and then hanging out with the look. Bugs. Like these are obviously on people. That's a flea, basically that you're looking at. A yeah, and that of. that's a person's palm. Yeah, like I know they're like, how did those get taken? Yeah, these are just like <laughs> this. Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the summer, when the wasps are kind of dying in colder climates and they're just like crawling around like that. <laughs> this one looks like this bug's telling the other bug a secret. <laughs> but in fact, it's like. <laughs> Sucking the blood from it. It could, or it could be sucking out its earwax. <laughs> you know, like, like we do to our partners. Yeah, exactly. Well, well we should really. We should. But okay, sorry, I'm mesmerized by. I'm this. so it's glad beautiful. you are. And then we're we're pressing rewind here with this book I've handed you. The '60s poems by Pablo Neruda, yeah. Caesar Vallejo, and Hidrobro. Do you want to read one? Oh, randomly. Walnut, walnut, compressed wisdom, tiny vegetable turtle, brain of an elf, paralyzed for eternity. Uh, it was a waste of words, wasn't it? I'm know. just kidding. Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of poetry, to be honest. Why not? Give it to me straight, ombre. Come on, I don't need to... Don't. Life's already complicated enough. Don't weave these fucking goddamn... What are you, a bridge troll? But sometimes in that in the inscrutableness, it's actually as clear as day. Yeah, sometimes. 
Yeah, sometimes. Not right? all the time. But, yeah, and you know what? I wouldn't say that I don't like... Like, because sometimes poetry is beautiful and it can... Whatever, but I'm... It's not... I'm sure there's poetry that I like. Like, Duke Ellington said there's two kinds of music, good music and bad music, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that there's good art and there's bad art. So it doesn't matter. There's always going to be something where you're like, ah, oh, that's it. But it's not... Like, do you know how there's people that just love something? So they have more of a... Um, palette for it Mm. so like it doesn't have to be crazy good and they'll like Mm. it like if someone loves hamburgers they can eat an okay hamburger and Mm. there's like i still like it because that's within their range i feel Mm. like i have a smaller range for poetry so than someone else that loves poetry Right, so I, I'll, 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 maybe there's five poems that I. Yeah, like you don't apply something. an academic study of poetry to your enjoyment of it. You apply a visceral response. Perhaps I don't own, know what any of those you words just, mean, trust your but own sure. Response. Yeah, yeah. What do any words mean? Uh, Pat, who knows? I gotta go. Yeah, get your plane, bro. Yeah. Gotta get in that metal hawk. <laughs> I hope they let me pilot it. They probably won't, though. No, usually if you say that, they won't let you on it. <laughs> Destination? Cockpit. Yeah, where are you going today? The cockpit. Okay, sir, come with us. <laughs> to the cockpit? Yeah, yeah, you can If you want to call the prison cell a cockpit, <laughs> go ahead. Pat, Great poem. It's been a treat. One of my favorites, top five. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I'd like to plug the giant gaps that have been created socially. Okay, so you can do that on Saturday night at Comedy Bar. <laughs> there's two shows. Yeah, there's two shows. Plug the gap. Um, enjoy your life, everybody. Everybody, please. Do you have a final message, Pat? Um, no, no final message. Does anyone else find it weird how they keep on figuring out how to make life longer? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think they should figure out how to make it less shit first? Yeah. Shouldn't that be step number one? Make it less shit. Step number two, add to it. Right? And they keep adding to the worst part. The end. Who wants more end? Middle, you morons. Put more in the middle. And just keep on adding crust to this pizza. Weirdos. And that's Pat Bircher. That's how awesome he is. That's how interesting he is. There's some comedy of his for you. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. I've got a lot more interviews in the can that I'm excited to throw at you. Uh, You know, the podcast is on Instagram. It's on Twitter. Do what you want. I'm in a good mood. I'm just a little tired. I know you might say, what's wrong, Nick? You sound a little bit down. Look, just a little tired. And be sure to check out Pat Bircher if you get the chance. Uh, He also has some television appearances that are online that you can look at. And uh, support great comedy and great comedians like Pat, like Aisha Brown, who I had on the show, Tip Gilbert, Chris Locke, uh, Gilson Lubin, who also is on the show. There's so many good ones. Those are just the Canadians I named. Uh, there's a lot of good international ones. What about um, the woman who has the puppet from England? I don't remember her name. This week I'll also be performing as Jeff Jimries, my classic 
Jim Jeffries character that you have to see to believe. I'll be doing that at Laugh Sabbath on Thursday if you're in Toronto. Okay, have fun. Good day. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, Weekly. Oh, man. Nick. Oh, God. Flanagan. Oh, man. Weekly. Oh. Nick. Flanagan. Weekly. Four times a week for you.